You're listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your host, Casey Foreman. This is a show discussing what's going on in the world of sports. And you can listen every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your host, as always, Casey Foreman. Uh, thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Again, I really appreciate it. Uh, we are back with all sports, NFL, NBA, NFL, uh, NHL, you name it, we have it. So the sports are back. Uh, it's great to have every sport back at once. And I just got done watching the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Clippers play in Game 7. It went right down to the wire. We saw the Denver Nuggets pull off the upset coming back from 3-1 to one, beating the Los Angeles Clippers who were favorites to win it all the entire season. Uh, so I had to go ahead and get that out. Uh, I, I, I for one was not a person who was sold on the Clippers all year. I thought they would fall to the Lakers in the conference finals. I, I thought they would beat any other team in the, in the Western Conference, uh, but I was mistaken. Uh, but then, then again, I was right uh, in in the way that uh, you know they wouldn't make it out of the Western Conference. I haven't been sold on them all year. Uh, the Denver Nuggets show me what I already knew, but proved to everybody else that didn't know uh, that the Los Angeles Clippers uh, can't just steam way. Uh, steamroll their, their way through the uh, playoffs without trying <laughs> through the regular season whatsoever. I thought with the talent on their roster uh, that they should have been favorited to win the NBA Finals this year uh, with Paul George. I'll get to that in a second, uh, but congrats to the Denver Nuggets coming back from 3-1. First team ever to come back from 3-1 twice in the same postseason. Props to them. Props to Michael Malone from, from Denver uh, for getting it done. But I got a packed show for you guys today. Super excited for the show today. Uh, again, welcome to Dudes Talking Sports. Casey Foreman here. Uh, but like I said, packed show. I want to talk about the Western Conference Final, uh, give you guys a preview, Lakers and Nuggets, uh, and then talk about how the Clippers are going home. Uh, after that, I want to discuss the NFL's uh, Week 1, my takeaways from Week 1, give you guys a short intro, a short look into Week 2, some games I'm looking forward uh, to seeing, some games you guys might be might want to circle on your schedules as well. Uh, so the second uh, segment will be uh, some NFL, some football talk, and then at the end of of the show, I want to I want to end today's episode uh, again with the NBA with basketball discussing the Eastern Conference Final, Miami and Boston. So I got a, a packed show for you guys today. But like I said, let's start with that Western Conference Final. Uh, you know, the Los Angeles Lakers advanced past the two MVPs. The two the Lakers beat two MVPs in Harden and Westbrook. In, in, in Houston, they beat them in five games to advance to the Western uh, Conference Finals, the Lakers did. And then the Denver Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets uh, come back from three, from down 3-1. The Clippers had three games to their one. They simply needed to win one more game. The Nuggets come back from 3-1 to one to beat the Los Angeles Clippers. Insane, not something Anybody saw coming? I can tell you personally, nobody saw this coming. Everybody, as soon as they went up three to one, saw this being a five-game series. 
But no, the Denver Nuggets proved us all wrong yet again. Sim- similar to when they went down three to one, what on uh, from Port- from uh, Utah? Yes, Utah. They went we went down three to one on Utah. Everybody was counting them out. They thought Utah was going to win in five, maybe six. Denver pulls off the upset, does the impossible, comes back from three to one, and then they go on to do it again. Again, the first team in NBA history to come back from three to one in the postseason in in the same postseason multiple times. So props to Mike Malone, the Denver Nuggets, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic. Props to all of them for making the big plays when it counts. When when it counted most and for winning uh, the biggest games, uh, the biggest game of their careers so far. The the Clippers failed to reach the Western Conference Final uh, again for forever. They have never made it to the Western Conference Finals, not even with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Uh, so yes, the Nuggets come back from three one and they beat again Kawhi Leonard. They beat Paul George, Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, Pat Patrick Beverly, Doc Rivers, Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson. They beat them. The Denver Nuggets come back from three to one. This is Doc Rivers actually third time. This this is Doc's third time blowing a 3-1 to lead. Did it with the Magic, I believe. Did it with the Clippers once before. And did it again with the Clippers. So third time Doc has blown a 3-1 lead. I believe he is the worst record all time for a coach in Game 7s. He needs to be held accountable for that. With the roster he has, he hasn't necessarily taken it seriously all year. They expected to coast through the postseason like they did through the regular season. Uh, Doc was the leader in that. They were kind of letting Kawhi do whatever they wanted. Doc again was preaching that as well. Uh, again, he blows th- he blows a three one lead for the third time in his career. Has the worst record ever in game sevens. He needs to be held accountable for that. Kawhi and Paul George simply or they also and not just in Doc's defense. D- uh, Paul George and-, and Kawhi they choked. They simply it's that simple. They choked in game seven. Kawhi goes for 14 points. Your 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 Finals MVP, your guy. All you, all you guys, all you LeBron haters, uh, saying that all you guys, Le- Kawhi lovers, LeBron haters, right? Uh, Kawhi goes for 14 points in the most important game of the season. 14 points, shoots six for 22, six for 22, and is a minus 21. Minus 21, 14 points, six for 22 for the Finals MVP, the Claw. Uh, Paul George, 10 points. 10 points for playoff P. 10 points in the, in the biggest playoff game ever uh, for him. Uh, 10 points for playoff P. 4 of 16 for playoff P. 2 of 11 for playoff P from three-point land. 2 of 11 from playoff P. All right. All right, Paul. All right, George Paul. All right, playoff P. 10, 10 points, 4 of 16, and 14 points, and 6 of 22 from your two best players, two all-NBA caliber players. Kawhi was full of excuses after the game, saying, yeah, we had a pandemic. You know, the tragic Kobe passed away. I'm just grateful we were able to come back and play in, in the first place. Yeah, 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 Kawhi. The reason you guys lost is because you guys choked in the second half, went like 9 of 35 or some crap, and especially from 3. I think that was from 3 or from field. I don't, I don't know. Either way, you shot a terrible percentage from the floor. That's why you guys lost. You choked in a 16-point lead in game in game five or game six, and then and then right afterwards you choked a 19-point lead. That is why you guys lost, not because of the pandemic or because of all the other crap of only playing so many games together. It's because you blew those leads in some in closeout games, and you blew a three-to-one lead. That is why the the Los Angeles Clippers lost, and it's because Paul George, Kawhi Leonard choked in game seven. Again, a combined 
combined 24 points from Playoff P and the Claw. <laughs> the Denver Nuggets. Let, let's give some props to the Denver Nuggets now. Okay, We don't tend to do that when the upset happens. We just talk about what the other team did wrong. Props to the Denver Nuggets. They did the impossible. Again, first team ever in NBA history to come back from 3-1 to one twice in one postseason. Uh, Jamal Murray in Game 7. 40 points, 5 assists, and 4 rebounds. He plays at an elite level, plays exactly how they need him to play. Nikola Jokic, the exact same thing. 16 points, 13 assists, 22 rebounds. Uh, an insane triple-double triple double for the Joker. He gets 2 steals and 3 blocks. Hits, hits a handful of 3-pointers as well. Uh, hits some clutch shots. It is just moving the ball so well, finding the open man, making the correct play in comparison to the Clippers who are just rushing and the, it's clear and apparent that the pressure is on their shoulders, and it simply gets to them. Obviously, Kawhi shoots 6 of 22, and Paul George playoff P, 4 of 16, 2 of 11 from 3. Uh, so again, props to the Nuggets, and Jamal, 40 points, Jokic, 16, 13, and 22. An insane series, and the favorites, the favorites all season are going home. All year, we, people were, were saying the Clippers are going to steamroll. People like people were going to say as soon as the postseason started, the Clippers were going to steam their way through. It was going to be quick and easy, and they're going to be there, and it's going to be quick and done. No. They did not take it seriously in the regular season, and it showed in the postseason. Uh, you can't cheat the system, and it's proving yet again. Uh, but it was an insane series, and yes, the favorites go home. But now the question is: once you know, since they beat one of the LA teams, how does Denver match up against the other team from Los Angeles? Uh, the Lakers have won the season series against Denver three to one. They've played four times again. The Lakers winning three out of those four matchups. Uh, but again, three to one. That's kind of Denver's lucky number oh, when, you, when, you, when you think about it. So uh, you don't want to count Denver out. The Lakers have won 3-1 to one in the series, season series. But again, that just may be Denver's lucky number. Uh, also, uh, excuse me, LA beat Denver uh, in, in, in the seeding game schedule, 124-121. to 121. Uh, Yes, Los Angeles is not as deep as Denver. They don't have guys off the bench at times like Millsap, Harris, Grant, uh, Porter Jr. They don't have those guys on their team to, you know, to help them to go along with their stars in Murray and Jokic. Um, but, but you know, LA does have the two best players in this series, in, in LeBron James and in Anthony Davis. The, the Lakers, like I said, had the two best players in the series. LeBron and AD are the two best players. Denver's duo, Murray and Jokic, have proved that they are capable of, of doing upsets. Okay, they come back 3-1 on, on, on Utah. They come back 3-1 on Playoff P and the Claw. <laughs> they, sorry, they come back 3-1, though, in all seriousness, on the Clippers. Uh, so this, this is a duo and Murray and Jokic that have proved capable of upsets, and they have proved uh, that you don't want to count them out. Uh, so yes, the Lakers Lakers do have the two best players in this series, but the but Denver's duo and Jokic and Murray uh, are not a duo you want to underestimate or write off by any means. And then with a supporting cast like Millsap, Harris, Grant, Porter Jr., Craig, they, they have a lot of guys uh, going out there and supporting their two main guys. A very good head coach in Mike Malone. So yes, th this team is very capable of pulling off upsets. They've done two already in this year's postseason. Why can't they do another one? Again, I'm still pretty... Uh, pretty confident in my pick in LA. I think 
and I hope uh, the Lakers will take Denver more serious uh, than the Clippers ever did. It was apparent, especially after going up 3-1, that they did not take that team seriously. Uh, so I'm hoping the, the Lakers take them seriously right from the get-go. Uh, but for Denver, uh, Jamal Murray must take advantage of Los Angeles' perimeter defense. But in Los Angeles, is you know defense, uh, ironically, uh, you know their their perimeter defense actually hasn't been uh, that bad. They they beat the two MVPs who are pretty good on the perimeter uh, in Houston, and then beat the other guys in Portland in McCollum and uh, and Lillard who are pretty good on the perimeter, and we beat both of them. I'm um, sorry, in in five games. So their perimeter defense with Rondo back especially has looked a lot better. Uh, but again, Jamal Murray needs to take advantage of no Averly Bradley on the perimeter, and Jokic also must be consistent uh, with Anthony Davis guarding him. Okay, Jokic did not have an Anthony Davis guarding him versus the Clippers. He had Montrez Harrell guarding him, Zubats guarding him. So yes, he will have a much better defender in the post guarding him in Anthony Davis. So that will be a factor for Jokic. Can he play at that same level that he did against the Clippers with a guy like Anthony Davis guarding him? But Jokic was the best player in that Clippers series. So yes, the, the, the question is, can he be the best player in the Lakers series for Denver? being guarded by Anthony Davis. That's a question I have for, for Nikola Jokic. I'm, I'm sure it'll be answered within the first couple of games or so. But yes, that is my question for Jokic. Can he withstand the defense of Anthony Davis and, and Dwight? How, he, there are multiple defenders, JaVale McGee. They can try to throw at Jokic to disrupt him. So that's my question for Jokic and for Murray. Can he be confident on the perimeter, taking advantage uh, on the perimeter because of LA's lack and a, without, without Averly Bradley? Uh, but like I said, I'm still confident in my pick of Los Angeles uh, to win the entire thing this year and obviously to win the Western Conference, uh, the Western Conference final, uh, you know. I, I'd want the Lakers. Uh, I wanted the Lakers to to do. Uh, I do want the Lakers to do what the Clippers couldn't do, and I want the Lakers to beat uh, the Nuggets in five games. I think they are cl- uh, capable of beating Denver in five. Again, they're three one in the season series. They've looked pretty dominant when they've played so far. The games have been close, but LeBron uh, they don't seem to have an answer for him quite. Uh, so I do like LeBron in this matchup. I like the Lakers in this matchup as well. I think I don't think they necessarily have a guy to stop LeBron. They do have Jokic and, and people Millsap, maybe guys to throw at Anthony Davis, but as far as LeBron stoppers, not too many I think on Denver's roster. Um, so I think LeBron is going to have to thrive in this series to keep doing what he's doing. Near 30 point, near triple double. Anthony Davis, how is he going to do versus Jokic? That's another question I have for him. He, he, he did pretty well uh, against Portland and, and uh, Nurkic. He did pretty well against Houston with no uh, center down low. So how will he do against a true dominant center in Jokic? That's a question I have for him, but LeBron is going to be LeBron and take advantage of the mismatch of, D- of Denver not having a LeBron quote stopper. But again, I think I hope the Lakers can do what the Clippers do and win in five. I think the Clipper, the the Lakers, I'm sorry, will win in six eventually because I I have learned now uh, through 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 mistakes, <laughs> obviously. But I have learned not to bet against Denver in game fives. Uh, so I'm taking the Lakers to win in six, not five. Don't count out Denver in game fives. Uh, I'm taking the Lakers to win in six. Uh, but it is a little disappointing. I think we can all agree it is a little disappointing that we do not have the Battle of LA, the two LA teams battling in that Western Conference Final. That was something I think we are all kind of looking forward to. Uh, but for me, 
Okay, for me, it was kind of satisfying uh, to see the Clippers blow a 3-1 lead to the Denver Nuggets. That was kind of satisfying. They were counting them out, counting out the regular season, uh, and then and then it bites them in the butt. So it was kind of satisfying seeing the Clippers or seeing the seeing Denver do what they deserve to do, coming back from 3-1, and seeing the Clippers do what they deserve to do, losing after not taking the regular season or playoffs as serious as they needed to do. Uh, so that was somewhat satisfying. Satisfying, but it is a little disappointing uh, that we don't have the Battle of Los Angeles in the Western Conference Final. But I am super looking forward to this Conference Final out West. It starts on Friday. Uh, I think the Lakers will win in six, maybe five, if they can do what the Clippers couldn't do. Um, but it is going to be an interesting matchup. How can Jokic play? Can he lead the, the, the Denver Nuggets and be the best player every night while being guarded by Anthony Davis? Can Anthony Davis remain consistent while being guarded by Jokic? Uh, can, can Jamal Murray take advantage on the perimeter? And, and can LeBron James remain consistent and dominant uh, because Denver doesn't quite have a, quote, LeBron stopper? That's my questions going into this series. That's what I think about the Western Conference Final. And again, it starts on Friday. Friday. I am super, again, I'm super excited really looking forward to it. Props to Denver knocking out uh, the favorites in Los Angeles. The Clippers, they, the Clippers go home despite having two uh, two guys being who have been in MVP talks. Uh, you know, a finals MVP, uh, a guy in, in Paul George, again, who, who was a defensive player of the year candidate, an MVP uh, candidate, has been an all-star. They have two six men of the year, two six men of the year in Lou Will and Montrez Harris. They have an, a, a, a quote Hall of Fame championship level coach in Doc Rivers. So you think they had enough. Everyone said that they were going to win it all this year very confidently. They fall short. Props to the Denver Nuggets once again. I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break. When I come back, talking about the NFL, switching gears here, talking about the NFL, my takeaways from week one and a little look into week two. And then at the very end of the show, stick around. Uh, I want to look at that Eastern Conference final between Miami and Boston. Again, quick reminder, don't forget to leave the show, to leave a, a comment or review on the show on whatever platform you are listening on. Please leave us a comment or review to, so we know what you think of the podcast. I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break. The NFL is coming up next. All right, welcome back. Uh, like I said before the break, I want to talk about the return uh, of football. Yes, NFL, the NFL is back. And uh, I want to talk about, I want to discuss uh, my takeaways from week one and perhaps give you guys a look uh, into week two. Uh, you know, some games that I am excited for, tell you guys about that. And then uh, perhaps those games are some you guys might want to circle uh, on your schedules as well. Uh, but again, the NFL is back. Uh, you know, NFL. Uh, opening Sunday did not disappoint. We saw some great games, uh, some bad games, as well as some questionable calls. So uh, it was basically your regular, ordinary, uh, if not your, if maybe a little bit better than than normal uh, opening NFL Sunday, if not your regular NFL Sunday. So it's great to have uh, it back. Like I said, we got the uh, great deal of good games, bad games, questionable calls. Uh, what else? could you want or expect uh, from having the NBA back so like, or NFL back? So like I said, it's great to have it back. It did not disappoint. Um, 
like I said, though, I want to give you guys some takeaways, uh, my thoughts of you know just watching these games week one, what what I think, uh, what I saw for you know off the cuff, um, you know uh, week one. Like I said, not much to kind of break down right now. Uh, but again, week one, my takeaways, Big Ben and the Steelers, Big Ben finally seems healthy, okay? That has been the question for Ben Roethlisberger uh, for the past, what, couple of seasons, it seems like he's been in and out of that starting spot at QB. We saw them win, what, nine games last year, despite not having him for pretty much you know the entire year. So uh, we know this is a, a good and loaded football team on both sides of the ball, uh, offense and defensively. You know, this is a very very good football team, and uh, yeah, the question now is: big is can Big Ben remain healthy? And the other question is: what is the ceiling on this Steeler roster? Right? What is the ceiling on this team? We saw them beat uh, the the rebuilding the, the the team in the Giants that have been rebuilding over the last several years. Uh, so, congrats! The Giants do look better uh, than what they have been looking like over the past couple of years. But either way, uh, my my question now for the Steelers is: how do you match up against? Uh, some of the other uh, Super Bowl contenders. How do you match up? How's your roster looking? Can Big Ben stay healthy? Despite that, though, week one, uh, the Steelers are looking like they could be back. Uh, as well, as far as the uh, New York Giants go, they seem to have, uh, they seem to be improving. You know, they're seeing their players, Saquon, uh, their quarterback, and uh, Daniel Jones, they both are uh, one year older, seem to be. Um, a little bit more experience, obviously, and uh, I think that came to play in week one uh, from what I saw, at least. I saw some good throws. I saw some good runs from Saquon, and we know he's he, he's known for those big breakout runs, but I saw him doing very well, you know, getting five or so yards, picking up those those every those everyday yards, I, sh- I like to say, instead of those big runs that aren't always uh, aren't always that don't always come around. Uh, he he was able to give you those those uh, runs that you need always though. Getting five four runs, uh, you know, after not necessarily completing a pass before. So he he was doing good on on all sorts catching passes as well. So he, he was doing everything uh, you need from your running back. Uh, Saquon was, like I said, Daniel Jones seems to be uh, progressing in the right way as well. The Giants, again, played a, a good team in the Steelers, and they have uh, the the uh, Cowboys, as you could say, you could they have the, their um, uh, leftovers in Jason Garrett as a offensive coordinator. Despite that, their offense seemed uh, pretty seemed to be clicking pretty good, pretty well uh, on pretty much on all cylinders. Like I said, obviously uh, they have a ceiling, and they haven't yet hit that yet. But again, uh, what is that ceiling for those uh, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers? That was my biggest que- uh, question uh, after watching the Steelers and the Giants on Monday night. As far as the other game I saw on Sunday night, the last game we saw on Sunday, uh, you know, the Cowboys, they seem, they do seem uh, to have slightly improved. Dak and Zeke both played well. Both seem uh, rejuvenated, especially uh, Ezekiel Elliott. He was running faster, quicker, uh, had a much quicker first step than what we saw last year. So he seems to be back uh, to his elite self, his his best running back in the league. Uh, and my opinion, self and Dak looked looked confident for the most part. He did, you know, obviously we saw him miss on, on the handful of throws that he usually does. But you know, for the most part, he he looked confident, didn't quite get shaken uh, in, in that pocket. And I liked well, uh, I liked what I saw from both Dak and Zeke. Uh, so again, the Cowboys do seem to have improved. Again, they have uh, 
the better uh, offensive weapons for Dak, despite having uh, the, their tight end and Blake Jarwin go down tearing the ACL. He's out all season. Uh, Van Der Esch on the defensive side is out for at least a couple of months with like a collarbone break. He's always he's got problems with his back. Seems like we got a, a Sean what a Sean Lee Jr. here. If you follow the Cowboys, you'll understand that joke. Uh, either way, like I said, the Cowboys seem to have improved. The Rams, though, they won by three points uh, despite Dallas having multiple chances to tie that game. Uh, the Rams, they seem to also have a very good elite receiving core. Jared Goff looked like he is, uh, again, becoming a veteran quarterback, becoming uh, more... Uh, not, not being so shooken in, in the pocket whenever, you know, players are coming at him and, and he seems to know that game plan even more, uh, you know, than, than years prior. So so the Rams look good on both sides of the, of the ball as well. And uh, perhaps we see them get back to their Super Bowl selves. Either way, uh, we saw them win by three again despite Dallas uh, having multiple chances to tie, if not win, uh, the ball game. They could have tied the game uh, with that field goal uh, late, middle to late in the fourth quarter. Uh, they could have tied the game with that field goal, but then they decided to go for it on fourth and uh, fourth and three. Uh, C.D. Lamb does not get the yardage, and uh, the the they turn it over on downs, and, and the Rams get the ball. Again, they, they do end up getting the ball back several more times. Uh, and and uh, again, so, so they don't kick the field goal, right? They, they, they don't kick the field goal, and I didn't love that call. Uh, but it did show that Mike McCarthy does have confidence uh, in his offense, and that what that is what you want. That has kind of been the question uh, in Dallas with Jason Garrett. How, how confident is he? Uh, can he make the big and bold call? Mike McCarthy, I think, was trying to make that uh, statement that he can make that big call, and that he is confident in the offense. So I understand what he was doing, uh, but again, I didn't love the call. I think you should probably, you probably should have just went ahead tie the game when it's that close of a game and you haven't necessarily uh, been scoring excuse me been scoring uh, all that easily so far in the game so excuse me uh, so I go ahead and tie the game with the field goal if I'm if I'm them but either way I, I understand the move by my my uh, Mike it was a total confidence move um, but then a woozy on, on uh, Dallas's side gets the interception as well Dallas fails to get any points off that turnover uh, Michael Gallup then makes the big play downfield Mac or Dak I'm sorry Dak makes the big throw downfield and everything seems to be perfect for Dallas Cowboy fans and they seem to be right there ready to tie the ball game uh, but then we see yellow on the field pretty late and uh, yeah Jalen Ramsey uh, Jalen Ramsey sold that call I can tell you that he sold that call uh, he was holding Gallup's arm prior Gallup gets his arm free to make the to make the catch uh, despite being you know a step or so in front of in front of Ramsey who is what the the highest paid corner in the league don't want to talk about that that's probably why he got the call um, but you know Gallup, Gallup makes the play Ramsey holding on to his arm Gallup then beats him pulling away his arm Ramsey throw his head throws his head back and uh, the ref throws yellow see, they see the, the highest paid corner in the league throw his head back and is getting beat there's no way he got he got beat right so they throw yellow uh, pull the Cowboys back they lose the ball game I think that's a bull uh, bull crap call I should say on this podcast a BS call and uh, yeah I, I don't think that was pass interference by any means if, if anything Ramsey was holding his arm uh, but again you could call that on any play I think that happens on most plays in the NFL most deep throws at least so I don't don't understand that don't think you should call that in that close of a ball game uh, at that point in the uh, that close in the ball game at that point in the ball game uh, either way bad call Rams win by three points but not a terrible game for either uh, ball club 
Joe Burrow and those Cincinnati Bengals, right? Joe Burrow, uh, he almost wins his NFL debut. Props to Joe. Uh, The kicker misses the game-tying field goal. Uh, Despite Joe going, what, 6-for-10 on that final drive, getting 60 yards, then the kicker cannot finish it off and tie it up to send it to overtime. Uh, They lose because the kicker misses the kick. Again, there are other plays they could have gotten better on or or, uh, they could have fixed it, and if that goes well, they score again. But either way, uh, they missed they missed the game tying kick and that is ultimately why they end up losing. But I am impressed with Joe Burrow, not a guy who was not sold on him going into the draft. I did think he deserved to be the number one overall pick, but I preferably, you know, I did prefer Tua in comparisons. Uh, but Joe Burrow went out there. I think the the, the perfect comp by Colin Cowherd is is, is uh, Tony Romo, and I love that comparison. I'm a big Tony Romo fan. The name, one of the names in one of my fantasy leagues, is Tony Romo fan club president. So uh, I'm a big fan of Tony Romo. I think he was uh, he retired a little bit too soon, but he's a fantastic broadcaster, one of the best in the business already. Uh, but again, Joe Burrow, one of the one of the comps is Tony Romo. Uh, Joe played very well. I was impressed by his performance. He went 23 of 36, 193 yards total, had a rushing touchdown, uh, touchdown, uh, and then, like I said, on, on that final drive, went six for 10 and uh, for for 60 yards, and then simply couldn't uh, cap it off by getting the game tying field goal. So. Yes, very impressed by Joe Burrow, Tampa. Uh, sorry, very impressed by Joe Burrow and the Bengals, but simply could not get it done, uh, and the kicker could not make the play when it counted most. So, yeah, let's move on to the Tampa Bay game, another game a lot of people were uh, anticipating and looking forward to. I, for sure, was one of those people looking forward to that game. We saw Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. Both both guys were healthy. Both ball clubs seemed to be healthy, and uh, we did see uh, um, you know Tom and Tampa Bay lose uh, to Drew and the uh, Saints. Uh, but again, what did you expect Tampa to do? What did you expect Tampa and, and, and Tom uh, to do in this situation? Uh, they lost a game that they were supposed to lose, in my opinion. Did you expect a 43-year-old Tom Brady, okay, 43-year-old Tom Brady, and a new supporting cast, a new roster, to click right away game one, first reps of the season? You expected them to click on all cylinders right away and beat a team that uh, led by Drew. Drew Brees and the Saints, who have been together for 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 years, and who are also could be favored to win the Super Bowl this year. You wanted Tom Brady and and his new supporting cast at 43 years old with no preseason to beat Drew Brees and the Saints, who are also favored to win the Super Bowl in the division this year in the conference. You you want you wanted you wanted him and the new uh, new roster, new weapons to to, to 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 click right away and beat Drew Brees and in the the weapons and in the uh, team that has been a contender for years. Uh, yet again they are a contender and you expected Tom to beat them right away. So if you expected that your expectations were definitely too high, you did not have your expectations uh, in, in the right arena. Okay, not even in the right ballpark. Again, the Saints are also and have been uh, uh, favored. They also have been favored to win the Super Bowl for seasons prior, and and they are favorites to win this year, possibly top three to win it this year, top top four, you could argue. Um, but but again, 
you you should not you should my my main point here for Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans is that you should not uh, worry. Uh, you know, t- I think Tampa Bay will figure it out. Uh, don't worry. It simply it does not come right away. Uh, again, these are new weapons, no preseason. Uh, they didn't have time necessarily, not a long training camp by any means. Uh, a new season, a new normal, as we keep saying. Uh, so, so don't worry, Tampa Bay fans. They will be clicking. I, I fully expect Tampa to still be to still be at a nine ten win uh, football team. To, to still be a nine ten win football team uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, but one thing I do not love. One thing I want to say before. I move on to a different game, is that I do not love Bruce Arians calling out Tom Brady, uh, the guy who has won six Super Bowls to you none. So, or at least, you know what I'm saying. So, don't be criticizing the guy who's coming here to arguably save your franchise in the first game back saying you didn't expect him uh, to play that bad. Uh, so, so. Uh, I did not love the the calling out of Tom Brady by the head coach and Bruce Arians. So that's one thing I did not agree with. Uh, but as far as Tampa Bay goes, I think they will be just fine. Do not worry. And, uh, yeah, don't worry. I, I still expect them to be a 9-10 football team, 9-10 win football team. The Saints look very good. Michael Thomas is out for a couple of weeks or if not a month with an ankle injury, I believe. Uh, but either way, the Saints look very good. Uh, we'll see if Drew Brees can win one more uh, before sending it in. Another team I want to talk about, the Arizona Cardinals, right? DeMarco, or sorry, uh, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. That duo is looking good. The Cardinals beat the 49ers 24-20. Murray rushed for over 100 yards. Hopkins, 14 catches, 151 yards. So, yes, those that, that duo, the first game together, man, that is what you want to see, uh, and that is what you want to see going forward as well. So again, Murray and Hopkins beat the 49ers 24-20. to Murray rushed for over 100 yards. Uh, Hopkins had 14 catches, over, 150, or, yeah, over 150 yards total. Uh, so overall, I, I got these two guys both in one of my fantasy leagues. They did not disappoint me. Uh, big reason I won in, in in one of my leagues this week. So props to that new duo in in Arizona, and uh, they are looking good. And uh, teams, watch out! They beat the team in the 49ers that was just in the Super Bowl. Do not forget. Again, there is such thing as a Super Bowl hangover. I did uh, predict the 49ers to have a Super Bowl hangover. Uh, so so don't count that out. They are still again getting. Uh, uh, adjusted after that loss in the Super Bowl, that can take some adjusting and some, you know, some uh, realizing you gotta come back. To, you know, gotta come back after that as well. So uh, don't don't be worried necessarily, 49ers fans. Um, but yeah, Kyler and Hopkins, I, I love what I saw from them so far, and uh, going forward, I'm happy I have them in my fantasy leagues going forward. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns need. Okay, the Cleveland Browns need to figure it out. Uh, I, I especially they, they need to figure it out against Joe Burrow and the Bengals uh, because the Ravens simply dominated them in the first week, the first showing 38-6. to six. Uh, And the Ravens simply showed they are Super 
Super Bowl favorites. They're, they're, they are so good on both sides of the football, uh, containing the Browns offense to only six points. They go out for 38 points themselves. So they are proving again, uh, if you guys didn't think so already, they are Super Bowl contenders. The Ravens are and the Browns. They need to figure it out for Baker Mayfield's sake. They need to figure it out and they need to beat Joe Burrow and the Bengals on Thursday night. Uh, Russell Wilson proved yet again, yet again, he is a MVP uh, candidate. At least he should be an MVP candidate. Uh, he is. He, he will. Uh, he, he was. He w- was willing Seattle uh, to yet another victory, 38 to 25. Uh, Seattle wins over the Falcons uh, again by uh, the will of Russell Wilson. He is a MVP candidate. He is my uh, quarterback in one of my other fantasy leagues, so I'm happy to have him. And hopefully he can he can show out like this every week. 31 for 35, 322 yards and four touchdowns for Russell Wilson. Uh, an absolute uh, uh, insane showing in week one. Hopefully that is a sign to come. Uh, he's going to have to carry a lot of that offense for Seattle. Uh, he's going to be running all over the place, it seems like. Uh, for the New England Patriots, Cam Cam Newton seemed to easily fit uh, into that New England system. He rushed for 75 yards, had two touchdowns, 155 passing yards. Uh, the Dolphins also simply seemed uh, to be needing their starting quarterback in Tua, uh, but Cam seemed to easily fit into that system. And uh, yeah, I have them winning probably around eight games this year, eight, eight or so. I think the Bills will win the division for the first time in a long time. Uh, but but Cam seemed very good. The defense seemed just as good as always. Cam or Cam again looked good in the uniform, and it was it was cool to see him in New England. Uh, again, Dolphins were needing their quarterback in Tua. Uh, the Washington football team, I think, surprised all of us uh, by beating the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that made it to the playoffs last year. They lose to the Washington football team uh, in week one, uh, despite being favorites in the game. 27-17, to they lose. A very surprising loss for Philadelphia, showing us that Philly, again, does have their issues. Washington, a team we don't necessarily want to count out. Uh, so that's what I think of week one. I think the Cowboys kind of got robbed. Don't freak out, Buccaneer fans. Uh, fans about uh, Tom and Tampa Bay. Saints look good. Ravens look very good. Uh, So yeah, Joe Burrow looks good so far. We'll see how Baker and him go for week two. For week two, watch out for Baker and Burrow on Thursday night. That is a game I am anticipating and that is a huge game for Baker Mayfield. He needs to look like the better quarterback in this matchup. The Falcons and Cowboys are playing at noon on Sunday. That's a game I'm looking forward to. Opening up that Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Can they bounce back after that loss and show us they are a team who can contend for the Super Bowl this year? The Panthers at Buccaneers. Can the Buccaneers do the same thing as the Cowboys? Bounce back after a loss. Show everybody they are as well, Super Bowl contenders, the Ravens at Texans, two elite quarterbacks. Uh, so we'll see what that showing looks like. Uh, I think the Ravens defense will be tested a little bit more, and uh, we'll see how uh, how that offense does against that Texan defense. Uh, and then the last game I'm looking forward to, New England at Seattle. Will uh, New England be as dominant against that Seattle defense, just adding Jamal Adams? How will uh, Cam Newton and that New England uh, New 
newly put together team somewhat uh, play, uh, at least new, new, at least like I said, at the quarterback position. How will they play uh, against a team in Seattle who, again, has, has been together for a long time? So we'll see. I'm interested to see all of those matchups. Week two is looking to be just as interesting. Uh, may, maybe not as interesting, but hopefully it'll be just as interesting uh, as week one. I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break, go right back to basketball. I know in the first segment I discussed the Western Conference Final. I'm going to go back to basketball, discuss the Eastern Conference Final, Miami and Boston, how that uh, matchup has looked so far, and my prediction for the rest of the series. So that is coming up next. More NBA coming up after the break. Don't go anywhere. All right, guys, welcome back to my final segment of the show. Like I said before the break, I'm going to talk about uh, the Eastern Conference Final. At the beginning of the show, I discussed the Western Conference Final. Just got done discussing some NFL uh, You know, after week one. Now let's go out east for the NBA, discuss Miami and Boston. Uh, the Boston Celtics, after beating the Toronto Raptors, the reigning champions, uh, will be playing the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Final. Miami, Obviously upset the Milwaukee Bucks in five games, sending home the MVP in Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, but I do first want to say that I was wrong about Toronto, especially against Boston. Uh, I, I expected them to beat Boston in six and then move on eventually uh, to reach the NBA Finals. Uh, so I was wrong about Boston. They go out in the second round, and now we see uh, the Boston Celtics uh, in the second round in the conference final instead of the Toronto Raptors. So I was wrong about Toronto, uh, but. But about Boston, they were my sleeper. They were my dark horse uh, to win the NBA Finals this year. So if I, I need, I now I need them to win big. It's them or Lakers. Now I honestly, I, either one of them, and I'm good. Um, but in all seriousness, yes, the Celtics move on after beating the reigning champs. Uh, the Miami moves on. Excuse me. After beating uh, the MVP in Giannis Antetokounmpo, now. Now, you know, um, Boston is looking confident because they, they took down the reigning champs. Uh, but then Miami, they're looking confident. They just took down the MVP and their number one rated uh, team and defense in the NBA. Uh, so both teams are coming in confident, and rightfully so. Both teams should be coming in confident here. I do think this series uh, will be great, will be intense, will be tough, and I do think it will go six, maybe even seven games, probably seven games. Boston, on paper, does have more firepower than Miami. Just looking at it on paper, in the playoffs, Tatum is averaging 25, 10, and 4, Tatum is. Jalen Brown, 21 and 7. Uh, Kemba Walker, 19, 5 and 4. Marcus Smart, 13, 5 and 4. We know, he, we know what he's capable of doing on both sides of the basketball. Uh, they have Gordon Hayward coming back soon, who in the regular season averaged 17, 5, and 6. So, so yes, on paper, this Boston Celtic team is dangerous and has an, a tremendous amount of firepower. Miami uh, is also capable of winning a close and tough game, and they proved that in the Milwaukee series. In the playoffs, uh, Jimmy Butler is averaging 21 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, and uh, 2 steals. Uh, so that's what, what, what you were 
we're getting from Jimmy Bam is getting you uh, 16, 11, and 5. Dragic is getting you 21, 4, and 4. The rookie, Tyler Hero, 14, 5, and 40% from the three-point line. Uh, Jay Crowder, 12, and 6. Uh, Duncan Robinson, the rookie, 10 points per game, almost 40% from the three as well. They got Iguodala, Olenek coming off the bench. So this, this Miami Heat team has players, just as much players, you could argue, just as many players uh, as that Boston Celtic team does. So both teams uh, are, are great uh, offensively as well as defensively. They have great team defenses team defenses, and have very good individu- individual uh, defensive-minded players and defensive-minded coaches. Uh, so, so... Yeah, you know, on paper, even watching game one, because we, we did have, we have had one game so far in this matchup. Uh, so this series is going to be tough. It went right down to the wire in game one. I will discuss game one here in a second. Um, but like I said, both teams are great on both sides of the basketball. The matchups are very interesting. It should be a very close series. Uh, with my original pick in Toronto being uh, being eliminated, that makes me now have to pick a new team, right? I have to pick a new team. Uh, like I said earlier, the, the uh, Toronto Raptors were my pick to, to get it out of to get out of the East. Uh, but then the Boston Celtics were, were my dark horse to win it all. So I thought, you know, I gotta go with these Celtics to make it out of this. Eastern Conference Final. Uh, so again, my, my original pick was Toronto. They're out. I am now leaning uh, or going with Boston, who was supposed to have Gordon Hayward coming back at some point in this series. Don't don't forget. Uh, so they're supposed to be getting their guy in Gordon Hayward back, who's supposed to be around a 20.5-5 guy. Uh, they got all that firepower with Tatum, Brown, and Walker, Smart. Uh, so I am putting my faith in Tatum and Boston, uh, led by the obviously led by the young star in Jason Tatum. So I'm putting my faith in, in Boston to win probably in seven games. I was I was I was thinking maybe six, but I'm thinking it goes seven games with these matchups being as good as they are and the coaches being as, you know, as good as these coaches are. Expect there to be many adjustments game to game uh just from game 1 to game 2. Expect adjustments from both coaches. Uh so there are great coaches. Don't expect one team to get out coached because there are two great coaches on both sides of the court. Um Spolstra and Stevens, like I said, both great, both great coaches. Uh, but again, Boston is being led by the young star in Tatum, and then Miami is being led by the proven leader in Jimmy Butler. So can Tatum lead as well as the proven leader in Jimmy Butler, the star, even though this is Jimmy's first time in the conference final? Uh, but again, expect there to be lots of adjustments game by game throughout this series. The Miami Heat uh, have proved to be quite the mentally tough team. One of the most mentally tough teams in the entire league. Uh, so the Heat have proved how tough they are on the court and, like I said, mentally. Uh, so can these Celtics match the mental toughness of the Miami Heat on and off of the court? Uh, that's a big question I have for, for Boston. Uh, this, is, this really is a toss-up uh, because with Miami and the guys they have, very capable of making tough late game shots and and again a team that plays both sides of the ball all 48 minutes so this really is a toss-up but again I'm going with Boston to win in seven games Uh, but a question for for more questions for Boston you know can Kemba uh, be consistent and be tough or play be good against against this tough Uh, can he play well against this tough Miami defense we saw him play we we saw him struggle against Kyle Lowry and the the Toronto Raptors will we see the same or can he be consistent uh, against the 
tough Miami defense. Again, he struggled at times against Toronto, uh, but can the Heat match the scoring of the Boston Celtics, having three guys averaging 20-plus points per game, then a guy in Gordon Hayward getting 17 points per game. So can Miami match the the scoring effort uh, of the the Boston Celtics? That's another question I have for Miami. Uh, So those are my questions. Can the Boston Celtics be as mentally tough as the Miami Heat? Can the Miami Heat match the scoring of the young Celtics? You know, in Game 1, we saw Miami Heat take Game 1, 117 to 114. Jimmy Butler, a very clutch three-point shot. Didn't exactly play great throughout the entire game, but he showed up late in the ballgame when you need him most. He showed up, got 20 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, the clutch three-pointer late in the ballgame. Jay uh, Jay Crowder showed up getting getting, uh, 22 points. Bam out of Bayou, 18 points, 9, or nine assists, and 6 rebounds. Uh, Dragic had 24 points, 4 assists, and 7 rebounds. Tyler Hero, the rookie, nearly the triple-double with 12 points, 9 assists, and 11 rebounds. Hit a couple of big shots late in the ballgame. Uh, but Boston played well. I uh, don't think Boston you know, simply didn't play, didn't play well, and that's why they lost. Boston played pretty well. Uh, Tatum had 30 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists. Marcus Smart, 26 points. Jalen Brown, 17 points. Kemba Walker, 19 points, 6 assists. So, so yes, Boston had a pretty good game. Uh, I do think it's going to go 7 games. Uh, but again, I'm sticking with my pick in Boston. Game 1 went right down to the wire. And it was uh, ultimately because Jimmy Butler hit the clutches, uh, the biggest shot of the game. Jason Tatum came up a little short, you know, hitting the front rim on the possible game-tying shot. He misses it, but I think he can make it through, you know, going throughout this series. I don't think he'll miss that shot every single time time. I think it goes seven games and I am confident in the Boston Celtics to beat the Miami Heat in seven games. But again, you don't want to count out um, uh, Miami showing you know they beat the, the Milwaukee Bucks, a team a lot of people had favored to win it all, especially win the East this year uh, with, the, with the MVP being led by the MVP and Giannis Antetokounmpo, the number one rated defense. They took that team down in, in easy fashion in five games. That team only won one game again them. Uh, so do not count out Miami Heat, the tough grit and grind culture they have there being led by the guy in Jimmy Butler, the perfect guy for that team, it seems like. Don't count them out. They have guys to hit tough late game shots. I think Boston does as well. Boston has a little bit more firepower w- w- with Tatum, Brown, Walker, Smart, Hayward. I, I am leaning with Celtics in seven. Well, I'll-, I'll keep you guys posted as the series goes you know, goes through uh, or as it goes along. Uh, but again, I'm confident in my pick Boston in seven, maybe it goes six, maybe it goes six. We'll see how confident and, and, and if a team goes on a hot streak or so. But again, I'm going with Boston in seven games. Uh, Eastern Conference Finals have already started. We're waiting for the Western Conference Finals uh, to get started on Friday. Game one, like I said, very intense uh, from Miami and Boston. I'm, I'm expecting it to be a very close and tough series. Go seven games. Don't count out Miami, but I am going with Boston to make it to the finals. The first time uh, since having guys like Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen on the team, they'll be being led uh, by, by 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 Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker. We will again have a legendary matchup of Los Angeles, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Boston Celtics again in the NBA Finals. 
Finals, another legendary matchup. Uh, again, I, I cannot wait until we get there. But again, both the Lakers and the Boston Celtics who cannot count out their opponents in the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat. Denver proved capable of of, of, of making uh, and doing, uh, proving of making an upset, uh, forcing an upset, I should say, coming back from three one twice now, and now Miami. Obviously, proven of of approving of, of forcing an upset, uh, beating Milwaukee in just five games. So both LA and Boston cannot count out, uh, cannot count out or underestimate their opponents. But I think it's looking good to have a Boston Los Angeles uh, NBA Finals matchup. I cannot wait. We'll see if we get there. Uh, I, I'm expecting the Western Conference Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals to be as good, just as good as that second round. Hopefully, we see one more, if not a couple more games. Sevens. Uh, we've seen a few, uh, a few of them, and every single one uh, has not disappointed so far. Uh, the, the, the Denver, Denver Nuggets were the only team I think so far in Game Sevens to actually blow out a team, and they were playing the Clippers again. The Clippers go down. The the the, the favorites go home. I'm not over that quite yet, as you guys can see. Uh, I am, I am oddly, strangely satisfied seeing the, the Denver Nuggets send them home, coming back from the three-one lead. Props to Denver. They are clutch. They are legit. Uh, the Lakers need to take them seriously, and hopefully they have done their proper homework. Homework. We'll see how those matchups uh, end up working out. But that's going to be it for the for the uh, uh, for the dudes talking sports podcast. For as always, uh, thank you guys for listening. Go check us out on Facebook. We do have a new Facebook page. Go check us out and like the page. Whatever platform you are listening on, I, I want to urge you to leave us a comment or review. We greatly appreciate that. On Anchor, you can leave a voice message. Go ahead and, and leave me a message. I'll post it on on, on the episode, and uh, you can hear yourself on on the following episode. But either way, thank you guys as always for the continued support. Uh, we have the NFL. NFL, the NBA, the NHL, the MLB, MLS, uh, tennis, golf, everything is going on right now. Uh, go watch it while we still have it. The NBA is coming to a close. We only have two more rounds, the conference final and then the final. So take in the NBA while we have it. The N- the NFL just started, so so start to appreciate that while we have it. Uh, we got Thursday Night Football with Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield. Cannot wait. That's a huge game for Baker. Can he beat the up-and-coming quarterback? Can he show he is a franchise quarterback capable of leading the Browns to the postseason. So there's so much to watch, so many storylines. As always, thank you guys for listening and uh, and for supporting me, as always. But again, that's it for this week's episode of Do Talking Sports. I'll see you guys next Wednesday.